Greetings, this is Olive, the Feminine Princess on the Art and Science of Femininity, sharing with you the treasures, riches, and secrets of feminine creativity and knowledge for women who follow Christ. So the story of Abigail is one of my favorite stories and it's one of my favorite because a woman who was an ordinary woman becomes um, a future queen and she becomes this based on her quick thinking and her quick actions. You can find her story in 1 Samuel 25 and although it would be quite a dramatic thing, it would turn this into a, a dramatic saga to read it right now, you can read it on your own time and it's specifically verses 14 through 42, but I'd love to extract certain pieces from that material. So basically the story is Abigail's married and she's married to this man who is very wealthy but he's not very wise and she has wisdom but he doesn't. So the story involves three main characters and that is David, Abigail, and Nabal which is her husband. And so, so the story opens up with a request and how requests were made or communication was made during biblical times compared to now is through messengers and usually a person would send their servant to give a message to another servant or to the recipient themselves and that's how communication was done i know now we have uh snail mail we have uh email we have phone and um telling your friend to tell a friend <laughs> which is most closely like how they did it back then, which having a friend make an introduction or, or telling a friend about you or delivering a message through a friend today is the closest to how they communicated back in biblical times. So David sent his servants to request from Nabal uh, some portions, some rations, some food for his men. And he brought it up to Nabal through his messengers that he protected his men in the past. When they were in the field and things were going on, David's men protected those men and made sure that they wanted for nothing, made sure that they were safe. And so David reminded him of that gracious act and wanted him to return kindness at this time and feed his men who were extremely famished. And so Nabal gets it in his mind that hey, everybody acts this way. There's men who come and go, rise and, and fall, who say, hey, I helped you here, I helped you there, give me a favor, help me out. And so he denies David's request because he thinks he's just another man. All of Nabal's servants were very sorry to hear him uh, reject this request because they remember how good David's men were to him. So they return the message to David and David becomes irate. He starts gearing up, <laughs> gathering his men and his weapons, and he plans to destroy the house of Nabal because he felt like he protected him for nothing. While this was going on, 
the servants of Nabal told Abigail. And so I think it's very interesting that Abigail was told by the servants because they must have discerned her wisdom to even think of, you know what, let's tell Abigail what's going on. So they must have understood that she had great wisdom on handling situations like this. Otherwise they would not have told her. So they told her and what she decided to do was to usurp her husband's decision and actually feed David's men. So she quickly prepares a lot of food and how she has time to do this in like a few seconds, I have no idea, but this is supernatural. <laughs> okay, so she tells all her servants to ride on before her to bring the food to David and his men because David has nothing but violence on his mind at this point. So she hurries up, makes herself ready, and she goes out and happens to um, overtake her men, meaning she passes them and she reaches David first. And she humbles herself before David, which is... I bet that was such a beautiful sight to see. She humbles herself and she overturns her husband's decision and she tells him, I have brought the food. <laughs> Please don't annihilate us and I know who you are. Not only do I recognize how you have protected our servants and our household and kept us safe, but I know that you destroyed Goliath in the past and I know your future. I know God has prophesied that you're going to be king. So as I feed you, as I bless you, as I recognize who you are, past and future, please don't forget me. And so David is so moved by how she wisely handles the situation. So when Abigail returns home, she finds her husband in a state of feasting. He's drinking, having fun, being merry with his guys, and then he gets drunk and falls asleep. And in her great wisdom, she does not tell him anything of what happened of the day. She decides to wait. And oh, how wonderful it is to have perfect timing to know when to speak and when not to. So she waits the next day when all the alcohol subsides, she decides to tell him what happens. And when she tells him, it's as if his heart turns to stone. And as it turns to stone, because he's realizing the enormity of the whole situation, the Lord takes him within 10 days. Even Abigail calls Nabal a man of Bilal. And if you watch my previous videos in this series, you know what a person of Bilal means. And note, remember when I brought up the 10 men that David sent to her or to him? Well, within 10 days, Nabal passes. He dies in 10 days. It's as if each of the men that God has sent, he used each man to represent one day in Nabal's life. And because he refused them, God refused him life within the same amount of time of the men that were sent. So he passes and David hears of it. And as he hears of it, he sends men to bring Abigail unto him and become his wife. It's like he doesn't leave her alone. He doesn't leave her grieving and he doesn't leave her without protection and leadership and covering and provision. 
the word says, and she arose and bowed herself on her face to the earth and said, Behold, let thine handmaid be a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. Wow, I wonder so many things from this passage. I mean, remember when Jesus washed the feet of his disciples and and told i believe it was peter if he didn't want his feet washed that he would have no part of him and he explained the symbolism that only the feet need to be washed not the whole body because the feet touch the earth which is the thing that was cursed after the original sin of man so it's interesting she is like a prelude to washing feet she's washing or positioning herself to wash the feet of the servants of her lord or her king or her new husband and she humbles herself she doesn't say wow now that i am to be wife of this man that god prophesied would rule over israel she doesn't say I'm going to enter into luxury and relaxation. She goes right into the mentality of working and serving and being a humble woman. How many of us in that same position would do that? I mean, washing the feet is a very humble thing to do. It's not like you're washing someone's hands or washing their face. It's their feet. It's the thing that touches dirt and the ground, the thing that gets the most dirtiest, the thing that is a insult in Eastern culture to turn up against someone. So she is bringing herself low to the level of, I will even wash that thing that gets dirty and is considered an insult to others that is just so profound i think that is one of the most feminine things a woman can do is humble herself it's not to put herself under a man's feet so she can be stepped on but she is actually serving the feet making the feet clean making it better making it of uh, proper use i really think that that is symbolic for us today to think of who God has placed in our lives and how we can serve them in in the most basis way as well as in the most desired way about her femininity besides her great beauty that the Bible makes specific notation about is that she responds quickly to an issue that she knows knows it's going to escalate to her and her whole families and her whole servants demise she responds swiftly and i think that is a very new feminine um trait compared to modern femininity it tells a woman to operate in slowness and take your time and be gentle but i believe true femininity when you know that something is impending and it's um, urgent that you shift from this gentle softness to operating in haste as the Bible says and that is a very uh, Hebraic feminine trait to operate quickly when things might escalate in a negative type of way she also speaks in wisdom 
when she asked the servants to hurry up and, and bring these things to David so that we can stop him before he begins doing something that he may regret later. And she also speaks in wisdom to David in recognizing his past victories as well as prophesying his future greatness. She is very wise in her conversation. I think feminine women can learn from that in how to speak in great wisdom, how to converse with great understanding and learning from Abigail here. And what was the result of Abigail's actions? Her result was that she was favored to become the wife of David. Beautiful story ending for her. And so I want to take this opportunity to share with you the Hebraic culture that we can discern in this passage was that there was a common understanding at that time that if you made friends in the neighboring towns or surrounding villages or places you visited, that in the future, an alliance will be formed and that that particular friend or group of people would protect or defend the person who befriended, befriended them. It's something similar to a modern day networking event that we would have today, but back then it was more serious. I mean, our networking event is about business connections and alliances that we can make with organizations to promote our um, personal business or personal um, being but back then when you would make an alliance it was actually for protection it was actually for defense and so we can discern that in this passage here because David relied on that culturalistic understanding since he protected Nabal's people he expected the same in return for his. Now the scientific part of this story is very interesting because normally in science we have a lot of studies of how the brain operates and tells the other members of the body how to act when there's conflict and they have identified a flight or fights um, syndrome if you will that explains this phenomenon but over my research I've also found another F and that's freeze so when a person is facing some sort of opposition or conflict they have an option and the brain is sort of in tune to automatically go to one of these three areas one of the three F's which are to flight to run to fight, to combat the situation, or to freeze and to get stuck there without doing anything. But I think it's very interesting that Abigail chose none of these things when posed with a serious threat that not only came against her life, but the lives of her loved ones and her family, her household, and her servants. She chose instead, instead of freezing instead of fighting instead of flight she chose to run toward the conflict and to solve it and I believe in her time she was not aware of these three F's 
so it's magnificent how she can overcome what the brain is automatically used to doing or at least in our time that's what scientists say that we are automatically used to thinking in these ways that she chose none of them and said I'm going to walk toward this problem and solve it that's amazing and so we can learn a lot from Abigail and in learning from her I think prayer is a good place to start Lord I want to say thank you for teaching us so much about Abigail and and for giving us all of these wisdom and discernible things about her story that we can extract into our own show us Lord where we can be wise wise in our decision-making wise in our conflict uh, managing and wise in our preparations show us when to swiftly act and when to take our time show us when to perceive there is a danger and we must do something about it and when there is no harm at all and we can rest show us when it's our responsibility to intervene and when it is just to wait and hold out I thank you Lord for teaching us these things and if there's any woman who's listening to the story that is feeling connected to Abigail that is relating to her story that is astonished with what she discovered here this day and if she wants to gain a closer relationship with the Lord I ask that you draw her to you right now Lord that you bring her close to you and that she is aware that we are birthed into sin but because God loves us so much and wants us to be near him for the rest of our lives that he sent his son Jesus to die on earth for us and to raise again I mean there is no other God on this earth that can claim to have resurrected from the dead to have overcome the sting of death to combat the enemy and rise in victory and so for this reason we call Jesus Lord and I ask that those women they now call Jesus their Lord their Savior their King and to now live for him to now learn about him to now yield up their lives to him Lord we pray that you lead us with your Holy Spirit into our individual paths into the truth that you've worked out for us since the foundation of the world and to bless us with your guidance from now on in Jesus name Amen program was sponsored by Olive Swan you can visit her at oliveswan.com browse her store pink peach and cream and request a consultation or workshop in your local area subscribe to her blog at thefeminineprincess.com watch her YouTube videos and find the podcast notes at the arts and science of femininity.com